Say something funny. <laughs> something funny, bitch. <laughs> All right, welcome back to B-Sides and Broken Records. I'm your host, Devin Williams, and I am here with my buddy, Tyler Samples. Yo, and, uh, yo, you, you can say William Tyler Samples. No, William Ty- I, I didn't know if you wanted me to use your like full government name or not. Like, I, for the most part, like, yeah. That, I didn't that's, know how you felt about that. Well, every time I've ever thought about my premier guitar rig rundown, it's like, What's up, guys? We're here with William Tyler Samples. I keep telling you, you need to just start. You're almost at that age now where you can just start going by Bill. Bitch, I'm like 20 <laughs> years off of that age. <laughs> nah, dude, you just got to commit you. to it. So, uh, this week, we are going to get into a one-on-one with Willie T here. And, uh, yeah, I guess we're just going to dive right into it. So, uh, so it. all day long, I had been planning on doing this with Ballard. So I had a whole different like set of questions and stuff, and then just like ten minutes ago, it's like actually we're doing one on one with you instead. So well, I mean, <laughs> the questions I, I'm know. just having to re like think some of them, but uh, well, it's a good thing that we're like you know best friends, yeah, bros. So I've probably know. known God. How long have I known you? So I've probably known you for um, coming started, on. Uh, the first night Eight we met, which was like one of the funniest stories of my life. Yeah, we've been uh, really tight friends for about seven eight maybe nine years now yeah. something like that but uh yeah like we've known who each other are for like forever yeah so let me start i guess with uh, we're gonna get we're gonna go way back get into some background stuff so what you know like growing up here in north alabama uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff we could do. Like, I played baseball really early, played football really early. Um, As did I. Yeah, so, like, how... Around what age did you, like, start to pay attention to music? Like, like you know, like, music was always around, like, when you were a kid. Like, I remember yeah. being, like, four or five years old and, like, hearing music. But when did you actually start to, like, like realize that it was, like, a thing, like I know that sounds kind of abstract, but you know, like, for some people, music is still just that same thing. Like that it was when they were like five or six years old. It's just they enjoy it. It's background stuff. But at what point were you like? Did you like take notice of it? You were like, hey, there's like something going on here. And it it was like a little bit before I started playing guitar because um, like one of my great uncles, like he played bluegrass guitar and stuff like that, and like at my mamaw's church and you know like i always thought like it looked cool and it looked fun but when it really took my eye was honestly when i first saw the music video for shania twain's man i feel like a woman <laughs> i think that might have had less to do with the music and more to do with no, shania it had, twain <laughs> it, no it had a lot to do with the music too because like both of the guitar players like one of them had like a white gibson explorer the other one had like yeah. a white gibson fine v and, and that, just, that was a really like kind of uh 
like outside of just being like a young boy and seeing Janiah Twain and being like, oh man, uh, there was a lot visually in that video that really like pulled your eye to it. And like I said, because I was, you know, I'm a good bit older than you. So when I, I remember seeing that video too, and just even though I wasn't into that kind of music per se, I was still like, man, this is a really like, uh, is the kind of video that when you see it, you you can't like look away from it. You know, you're just you just want to keep watching it. So I, I get that. Yeah, and then like another thing that kind of like just really caught my eye was there for a while. Uh, somehow, uh, because of like my dad's living situation or something like that, like post divorce for my parents, like every Saturday morning or something like that, like the TV would be on like the live concert channel or whatever. Yeah. Like that thing, you remember that? Always the country one because I mean, like that's just a given. <laughs> well, that was my next question. Was like, what type of music did you kind of get into first? Yeah, it was. Uh, but yeah, the other thing that caught my eye before I forget about it, it was like the Kenny Chesney concert. Like, mm-hmm. like one of his guitarists like had like a blue Les Paul and like a blue Strat, and I was like, oh, I like the so, color blue. I was so it seems like for you, it was initially more like a visual thing. You were like, what are these people doing? Like, this looks really cool. Like, what are they up to? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then it became like a visual thing. Like. Yeah, with hearing a bunch of music and stuff like that, like on my way to Little League games. Yeah. Because of my dad's mixed CDs and stuff like that, and hearing like Sabbath. Well, and, and like your Skinner dad, like I know your dad, and your dad had you, you and your, your mom and your dad had you pretty young. Yeah. So they were probably listening to like the stuff they were listening to was probably like fairly fresh, you know, like pretty like fresh stuff, you know, like I mean, everybody's parents were into like classic rock and stuff, but. They were probably listening to a lot of more, like, because, you know, my parents are a little older, so, like, yeah. I was, like, really ingrained with the classic rock stuff growing up, but you probably were listening to a little oh, more, dude. like, contemporary stuff. Oh, dude, there, there's, like, <clears throat> there's, like, two main, like, genres of music that, like, raised me when I was a kid, and it was, like, 90s to early 2000s hip-hop and R&B. Like, Hell yeah! <laughs> like like Biggie and Tupac yeah. and like Ice Cube, like they played a big role in like my musical upbringing really early on, and then like all of the you know the country stuff and like very specifically like '90s country because you know yeah. like my parents graduated in like '95. Yeah. So yeah, that uh that definitely was what you know like caught my ear and stuff when I was a kid, and then when I started getting into guitar and stuff, like it was a lot of like Skinnerd and I still remember the first so, nine I heard Sabbath. So what happened first for you? Did did you get into guitar first or did you get into like metal and stuff first? Like I got into guitar first. Okay, so tell me how tell me how that happened. Like what what in you cuz again, like a lot of people will listen to music but they never go Hey, I want to learn how to play bass or guitar or sing yeah. or drums or whatever. Like, so what? What like kind of flipped that switch in you where you were like, I don't just enjoy listening to this. I kind of want to do it. It was honestly just like sitting there, like seeing like those concerts and stuff like that on TV, and just thinking, dude, those guys with guitars look so fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. that. That like that's what I want to do. And then. Uh, well, I- I would think another thing too is like because this is how i felt when i discovered the punk scene but i feel like maybe you probably kind of felt this way uh tell me if i'm wrong but when you when you're seeing those country guys you're like 
you know, being from North Alabama and being from the South, like country's a big thing. Country music's a big thing around here, you know. Yeah. Like, and so like you see these country guys, and you're like, well, like when you see the the quote finger quotes, when you see the rock stars, you know, when you see like Ozzy and Slash and stuff, there's a part of you that goes like, I could never be that. You know what I mean? Like, even as a kid, there's a part of you that sees those, like, you know, quote, rock gods, and you're like, I, I can't be Angus Young. Like, I just, I can't be that. But, we, like, you see those country dudes, and maybe they seem a lot more relatable to you. Like, you know, they wear the same kind of clothes you do. They they talk about, like, a, you know, like, growing up in the country, like, working on the farm and stuff. Like, I know a lot of people think that's cheesy, but, like, for a lot of us growing up down here, that was, like, a reality when we were kids. Like, yeah. So it, it seems a lot more relatable. So is that a, a part of it maybe, too, where you were, mm. like, you're, like, this seems a lot more relatable. This I, this seems like I could be that guy up there playing guitar. Like Maybe, maybe. I'm not exactly 100% sure because, you know, like, I started playing guitar when I was like eight. So we're talking about like when I'm like five and six and seven and stuff like that. And you know, like fuck all, like who knows what the fuck I was thinking about. Probably like fucking moral combat or some shit. (laughs) Power Rangers, man. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, it, uh, it was definitely kind of a funny journey and stuff like that. Like, because the reason I started playing guitar because I found my dad's guitar. Okay. And I was like, I have like, a way to figure it out. You're like, oh man, there's one of these in the house already. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, also about like that time was like around the first time I heard Black Sabbath. Yeah. And like, you know, like I've told you that story before. Like, we were going to a little league game. He put a mix CD in, whatever. War Pigs came on. Everybody that's going to listen to this, that's like between the ages of like 15 to like 20 right now, they're like, the fuck is a mix CD? <laughs> the CD's nuts. <laughs> they're like, what's a mix CD? Like, you didn't have a Spotify? What are you talking about? Oh, man, I feel yeah. old now. <laughs> anyway, as you were. <laughs> but yeah, like that very first opening chord comes on. Uh-huh. And I just look at my dad like, what the fuck dude that's so funny like you talk about sabbath because i have a very similar experience i there was one i was about i i know that i had not i had either like not started or just started kindergarten so i was like five years old and it was christmas and my grandmother bought me a sony walkman cassette player and my my dad had this briefcase that uh, held cassette tapes. It held yeah. like 15 or 20 cassette tapes in or something like that. So my grandmother buys me this uh, Sony Walkman cassette player with like the little crappy like metal headphones with the poofs on the end, you know, like yeah. <laughs> those uh, early 90s, what up, right? And um, I remember like we were going somewhere one day and, and my dad was like, well, hey, since you got this, uh, uh, you know, cassette player for Christmas, he's like, here, you can this old briefcase I got full of old cassettes from like the 70s and 80s and stuff you know so we're going on a, some trip or whatever and I'm I'm looking through this thing and I pull out Black Sabbath I pull out Paranoid on cassette tape yeah. and I'm like what is this this looks weird you know so I pop it in and uh, dude exact same thing like I'm just sitting there with my headphones on in the back of my mom and dad's car like five years old <laughs> like 
just listening to the glory that's Black Sabbath, you know, my dad's like, you know, I'm a five-year-old kid, so normally I'm just like talking my head off all the time, you know, and I've been <laughs> silent for like 10 minutes straight, and my dad's like, okay, something's wrong, what's he doing back there, you know? So he like turns and looks back there, and I'm just sitting there with my hands on my headphones, just like pushing them <laughs> further into my ears, you know, like, and he's like, hey, what the hell are you listening to? And he grabs the, he opens the uh, briefcase up and sees the Black Sabbath cassette open and he's like, you don't need to be listening to that. Stop, don't listen to that. <laughs> so it's like the same exact kind of story, dude. It was like the first time I heard Black Sabbath and I was like, this is different. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, like, of course, like, because like the Black Album was big. Mm-hmm. Like when my parents were in high school, my dad was kind of into it and stuff. So, like, I heard Inner Sandman and Nothing Else Matters and, like, that whole CD, really. Yeah. Like, a lot. And Guns N' Roses and stuff like that. And that's kind of, like, that was, like, the catalyst for me to get into heavier stuff. Yeah. So, you find your dad's guitar. You're kind of, you're, you're listening to Metallica and Black Sabbath and you find your dad's guitar. And this is what, say, like, late 90s? No. No, this is when I was eight, dog. I was born in 95. Let's not forget that. <laughs> Damn, I'm old. Okay, so this is yeah. like early 2000s. Yeah, okay. this was like 03, <laughs> shit. 03 04, okay. somewhere around so in this there. This is like yeah. 2003 or something. You're like eight, nine years old. You find your dad's guitar. You've got Black Sabbath and Metallica. When, when did it go from like that, like being a kid with your dad's Metallica CDs, to like, when did you find... You quote your own music, and like anyone that's a musician will know what I'm talking about when I say yeah. your own music. When did you find your click? When did you discover the shit you're into now? Like, <laughs> this is a funny story. This is a like great it, story. I feel like it's got something to do with me. It does. It's got it's got a pretty good bit to do with you because it's the night so we met. I, I think it's really cool because you've told me this before, and I just want to preface with I think it's really cool that you're your like kind of discovery into your own music was like and then this kind of the whole point of this podcast was like me and jesse were talking a minute ago before uh i started recording like you know everybody's heard the story and i kind of said this in like a post i made yesterday it's like everybody's heard the classic stories you know about like the legends of rock and stuff like that and it's like yeah i could do another podcast where i'm just talking about that shit that everybody's already heard about but i wanted to talk about local stuff i wanted to talk yeah. about the the underground musicians that like do this for a, you know a hobby or they do it for a living and they don't they're not rich or anything like that and like so i think it's really cool that your like quote discovery story has a lot to do with the local music scene like yeah. that, that's really cool my mind does a little bit but yours is really by the time you came along the local music scene around here was like really up and running and so you yeah. kind of just like got the like brunt of it you you didn't have to go through like the awkward baby like yeah. st- like a stage of it like i did i didn't have was to go like through like weird. the pa 101 days yeah, and shit yeah. like that <laughs> no i came straight into glenn's hot dog shack baby <laughs> but yeah so you fought so tell yeah. me about how that this goes down okay so i was about 13 and uh my older cousins were like hey we're going to a show Remember, like, we showed you, you know, on, like, Brett, our friend's MySpace, like, you're White like, Chapel like, the other day. You're like, what the hell is a show? Like, what are we... <laughs> yeah. And they, they were like, dude, like, we showed you White Chapel the other day off of Brett's MySpace. God, I'm so fucking glad I have a MySpace story <laughs> about music. 
that makes me feel so good. <laughs> You're like, I can still say I was there, like in the quote beginning, like, yeah, because of MySpace. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, and they were like, dude, one of the bands is like just fucking like Whitechapel. Like, you gotta tell your dad, you gotta go. So, like, I went and I talked to my dad, and I was like, hey, dad, you know, like, Ethan and Andrew, like, want to take me to the show with them. I'm 13. Let me go to a concert with my friends by myself. And your dad's like, hold on. It it was like my cousins, and like, we all grew up on the farm together. So, you know, yeah, you know, shit like that. But my dad finally agreed. I I lied to him and I told him it was a Christian show. <laughs> so that was like the thing to do back then. You were like, because there, this is when the Christian scene was super big. Yeah. So yeah, you could be like, well, it's at a church or like it's a Christian show, and your yep. parents were like, well, okay, you, you can know. go. Yeah. yeah. And they thought you were going to see like Mercy Me or something like yeah. that, <laughs> or like Casting Crowns. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and uh, it also did help that it was at Glens too, because uh-huh. Glens is you know right there. At the falls on the mountain. Yeah, it's like the yeah bottom of the that's mountain. Like, or at the top of it oh, is yeah. where it was, yeah. And that's like 15 minutes away from my house. So like, yeah. it's not like I'm driving all the way to Birmingham yeah, or anything. And so my dad agreed. And I went with my cousins. And we were hanging out with like their friends and stuff like that. And, dude, it was just... It was insane. I'd never fucking in my life seen anything like that. So, had you ever been to like a quote unquote real concert before then? Dude, I'd been to Riverfest, but like. That was it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I saw 38 Special at like Riverfest. Yeah. So, like, the most action I'd ever seen at a show was some dude with a fucking skullet. And like, my girlfriend over on the uh, other side of the room is just like nodding her head and pointing herself. I was like, "Yep, yep, me too." That's <laughs> yep. But yeah, like the most action I saw was this dude in like jorts and a skullet, like <laughs> three different beer bellies yeah. on him. Yeah, I got you. Like, I got you. You know, fist bumping yeah. a thirty-eight special, but like that you're, was you're insane. more you're more there for like the funnel cake and the fucking yeah. Uh, like maybe maybe you can like steal a sip of your dad's beer when he's not paying attention. It's like yeah. yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, dude. Like, I got to see you play and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure it was like the Gadsden lineup. You know, like Apollo Eleven, Robert Muldoon, Mightier Than I, and like Jared. Like that, that lineup literally hit any venue around here at least like once a month. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, you're once a month. You're like, I can see these four bands at any venue in a 50 mile radius once a month at least. Like, yeah. yeah. And, like, we were running kind of late. We caught, like, the last Apollo 11 song because, you know, like, they always opened. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is cool. It's going to be, like, kind of like a Green Day show. Cool. Sweet. <laughs> You're like, oh, cool. Pop punk band. Sweet. And then Mightier. I like pop punk. Yeah. And then, like, Mightier than our Muldoon, like, got up. And I was like, yo, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> what is going on? Dude, are they fighting? Why are they hurting each other? Are those guys fighting? What the fuck? And then, like, by the time Jerilyn, like, got up there and stuff, like, oh, my God, dude, what a fucking, what a fucking show. And, like, I don't know. I know, like, somehow, like, you ended up hitting me. And then, like, apologizing <laughs> to me because I was, like, 13. And you noticed it, like, eventually, which was very courteous of you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I'm doing what I can. Yeah, I mean, like, you probably were, like, 23 at the time. <laughs> No, so you were like an adult. <laughs> you were like married and had three kids by then. No. Yeah. But nah. And then, uh, yeah, like after that, it just kind of became a thing. Like all the time, like, hey, dad, 
Ethan and Andrew are going to the show. I want to go. And like, I, I like scraped up like all the content and stuff that I could, but a lot of that had to be like on my Nana's computer because me and my dad didn't have a computer. Yeah. And a lot of that was stuff that my cousins had put on that computer, but they did they didn't put like White Chapel or like old Bring Me the Horizon and stuff yeah. like that on it. Like they didn't put like anything super heavy. They put like all that remains and Coheed and Avenge Sevenfold and Atreyu and stuff like that. So like I I cut my teeth on like a death grip for yesterday and the fall of ideals and good Apollo. I mean like that's why yeah. I have a good Apollo tattoo. So all right, so now you're a teenager. You're about to enter high school and you're going to some local shows and you're seeing local bands and like what what about this like cuz you know there's a lot of people that come to a local show there was a lot of people coming to local shows back then and first off like what did you like about it like what made you be like man i got to come back to more of these like i just have to i can't wait till this weekend i hope there's another show i'm like asking my friends about it like what what made you be like that as opposed to just being someone that was either just totally like turned off by it, not into it, or being like, yeah, that was cool. I might go to some more. What made you, what, what about it made you like obsessed with it? Dude, because like, because of like hearing Sabbath and Metallica and stuff like that, like in a very formative age, like still like right before I was a teenager and stuff like that, I just, it made me want to play guitar and play like the heaviest I could. Yeah. And, uh, that that's like a huge bit of like what attracted me because like the stuff that I was getting into and stuff like that, like none of my friends were getting into. Yeah. Cause they were the older sibling or the older cousin. Whereas like, yeah, whatever, like I've been the I was the older sibling and stuff too, but I still had older ones. Yeah. And older cousins to show me all this other shit and like the heaviness of it, the energy, the chaos. Like, all of it, just, like, I fell absolutely in love. There, there's something about discovering music through a live avenue. There, there's, like, a visceral emotion to it when you mm-hmm. when you discover something through that. Like, it's right. that's why, like, this past year has been so hard for a lot of people, man, because I'm one of those people that, like, I love listening to records and stuff, obviously, but that, I, I'm the same way. Like, I identified one of my first experiences with, like, really falling in love with music was a live performance that I saw and I was just like the energy of it the like just there was something about it that yeah was just different than anything else I'd ever experienced like so I I get that like yeah so what you're telling me is it's going you're going to make me wait all the way up through Furnace Fest when I drag you to every time I die to dive into every time I die (laughs) (laughs) Look, man, I've tried, okay? And they're not bad. This is not my thing. But, uh, all right, so you're coming to the shows. You're super, like, you're just obsessed with it, I'm assuming, right? Like, it's, yeah. if you're anything yeah. like me, it was like the only thing you thought about every day. You're like, yeah. dude, a show, another show. Like, yeah. so how did you. So, as this is, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out how to word this question without it sounding weird. Um, just because I know that you were younger. So, mm-hmm. like, 
you know, I was in the scene at the time. I'm playing shows with all these other bands and people, and like some of these people would go on to be in really successful bands and do really awesome stuff. And like, so there was kind of a, I don't want to say like cavalierness to it, where I was just kind of like, eh, like I was just kind of indifferent to it. Like I, I wasn't. Like I was aware of what was going on, and I was aware of the people that went on and did bigger things. But like, I never had like a. I never had like a starstruckness kind of thing about it. Like, you know, like some people I know that would go on to be in like really big bands or whatever. Like, I I never really looked at them that way, I guess because I knew them. But like, as someone that was a good bit younger than a lot of people, did you did you ever like kind of have that where you're like people would start talking to you and you're like, I can't believe so-and-so from such-and-such is talking to me. Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> like all the time. Like very, very primarily like Everybody in Gadsden was, like, super welcoming and super nice. And, like, I did find, like, a bunch of people, like, my age, too, which was great. Because yeah. then I didn't have to, you know, be a pest and, like, annoy the shit out of, like, all of y'all. Like, 18 and 19-year-olds, yeah. You're like, okay, I found some other, like, 13, 14-year-olds I can yeah, hang out with. Yeah, I found with, people, yeah. like, my age and shit like that that I could hang out with. But still, like, anytime, like, I had a question... Because like I, I was I was figuring it out like that's where I was like learning about like guitar tone and shit like that and, yeah like guitar world wasn't like cutting it for me like I really wanted to like know and see the shit in real time and like thank God for like you and Mono when I was like fifteen and sixteen because you guys would like show me the Gerilyn rigs and shit like that yeah Mono Mono definitely would like all the time I was kind of an asshole back then like yeah I didn't really you kind of were were <laughs> were were <laughs> But yeah, no, like, I was like so. I was probably like nine. I might have been like twenty, twenty one, or something like this yeah. by this time. And like, yeah, I probably was more like twenty one, twenty two. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I, I kind of I don't want to say I was. I was kind of up my own ass a little bit. Like, if I'm being real, like, with, with with over a decade of retrospect, like I was kind of up my own ass a little bit. So I kind of had that like. Uh, I don't want to be bothered with these fucking fucking fourteen year olds. Like I did, I was kind of a dick. Yeah. But uh, I know Mono Mono wasn't because Mono was like your age. Mono was super young. Like yeah, he, he came like into it 18, real 19, young. Something yeah, like that yeah. So and I didn't even realize that like, when I joined Jerland, I did not realize that he was like a sixteen year old kid or something. You know, yeah. I was just like, oh, this guy shreds. Hell yeah, like yeah. But uh, no, it, it did take me a while to kind of like you know get over my. Yeah, it, yeah it, it took you like all the way into like your quote unquote like evader years for like yeah. me and you to become friends. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, also fair because of like the age difference. Yeah. But, you know, like Mono was always like super nice, super welcoming, like teaching me shit about like guitars and pedals and amps and cabs and shit like that. And then like I used to just always get starstruck. Like, just by Gerilyn, like, as a whole, because I was like, holy fuck, this is, like, the fucking heaviest thing I've ever fucking seen so far. So, all right, so you're starting to, like, really kind of be... I'm start. so, from my perspective of this time, like, I'm starting to notice you at shows a lot. Like, every show I'm seeing you, and, like, you're kind of a tall guy, you kind of stand out a little bit. So, I'm I'm in the, like, when I'm looking at the crowd, I'm like, oh, there's that dude. Like, so... It's kind of becoming like an every week thing now. So, what makes it? At what point do you go? I need to be up there. I need to be one of the people playing the shows. Like, 
because <clears throat> that's a big pivotal point for like yeah. people like us versus people that just come to shows and play shows or come yeah. to shows and like watch shows and have, I know a lot of people that go to every show they can go to man and they have a great time and they love local music and support it but not once have they ever been like I need to be the person up there doing it so what what flipped in you where you were like this isn't good enough anymore I need to be one of those guys ooh it, it was like a huge catalyst it was like a culmination of a bunch of different things going on in my life at that time because like I was 13, 14, you know, around in that age range and, you know, starting to get interested in girls, starting mm-hmm. to try to figure out like how to communicate. And then I realized I was like, I, yeah, I've got like friends and stuff like that, but like, I don't, I don't have like social skills. They're like great. Yeah. Like I can't just go up to some random person and talk to them. And like I I kinda have like problems like communicating like how I feel and shit. And then like just one day, like after school or something, like I just kinda had like a really bad day and I was playing like Last Kiss by Pearl Jam or something like that, you know, like super fucking sad song on guitar. My dad was like, Hey, are you okay? Because you seem kinda sad. And that that clicked in my head and I was like, I can communicate my feelings very effectively and efficiently through music and then it was like my third show or something like that and there's like this really really cute scene girl like my age <laughs> i can't even tell you her name but i was just like oh my god i want to marry her at 14 and then i was like, like that's it that's the one i don't know how to tell her that i like her and then the show started, and I was just like, dude, music is just, it, it clicked. And I was like, the only way I'm going to be able to effectively, like, get my message out there and communicate and, like, have a platform or anything like that, it's going to be through playing music in front of random people that I don't fucking know. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, and they look so fucking cool and like that's been like the whole point like the whole catalyst was because i thought people that play guitar looked fucking cool yeah and it all just kind of like clicked in this really like couple of days span and then i was like after that i started like dreaming and talking to myself to sleep like about what my rig rundown would be like and stuff like that because you know at the time guitar world had that back page the very mm-hmm. back page it had guitarist rigs and shit i was like dude mine would be like this fucking like line six and this this like <laughs> rogue and stuff like that and i was just like because you're like that's the gear i can afford so i'm fantasizing about stuff i might actually could be able to buy like yeah. there's no point in fantasizing about four thousand dollar guitars they're just out of the question like absolutely so yeah it just it all just kind of came together one day and I started, you know, dreaming and thinking about it just constantly. Excuse me. And uh, I, I could, I could never get it pieced together. Yeah. So, <laughs> as far as like a band, but you know, like I don't, I don't mean this condescendingly, but you, you were like, as far as like becoming part of the scene and getting into playing, you were sort of like a late bloomer. Yeah. Um. So, like, what really, like, it's one thing to be like, I want to be that person, 
and then you start fantasizing about it. But like, when did you actually like, like take this? When were you actually like, okay, I'm tired of just sitting around and like looking through musicians' friend magazines and fantasizing about playing shows? When when did you actually like grab one of your friends and you're like, grab your shitty pawn shop drum set and come to my fucking house? We're gonna jam. Like, when, when was the first time you like went? When you took that step? Like, oh man, the first time I took that step, I was like. I was still, I was like 16, like my friends that went to Sand Rock and stuff like that, because I was still going there at the time, like the scene kids there, they were all like a lot older than me, and they had put together like a band for the talent show, and, or they were going to play the talent show. We never ended up playing the fucking talent show, yeah, because we all sucked. <laughs> that includes me, because they asked me to join in, because they knew like that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. And, and like you probably you had a guitar, yeah. So they were like, "Well, Tyler's got a guitar, so that's like plus one on the other three people we were thinking about." Like, yep. <laughs> so all of that happened. Then, like after that, I was just constantly like playing out, like going and hanging out and jamming with other people and shit like that. Yeah. And you know, like a few times, like I jam with somebody and it'd feel great and stuff like that. But it kind of, kind of much like myself, I'd find that they were kind of full of shit. Yeah. That like neither one of us could play. And well, and just I don't know about shed. you, but I know I had the problem too of like I would think like okay I'm ready. Like me and my friends would you know when we were real young we'd get together and jam or whatever, and then I would see a band or I'd like watch a music video or watch a band or something, and like I had a pretty even at an early age I had a pretty good self awareness so I would see a band like playing live on TV or something and I would be like. Like I would almost get discouraged. I'd be like, "Dude, I'm no, we're nowhere near that good. Like, I, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet." Like, so you kind, you kind of yeah. like, you kind of like shit on yourself. You're like, oh, "Man, like, yeah." And you, you don't give yourself the benefit of the doubt of just being like, "Dude, I'm just a 15 year old kid." But you, you get, you, you see like a professional band somewhere, or like, like I remember being really young and like my uh, my parents took me to a Creed concert when I was in yeah. like seventh or eighth grade or something, right? And I mean, think what you want about Creed, but just being seeing that level, you know, of, of like production and musicianship, and like uh, put on a concert at like the BJCC. You know, there's like fifteen yeah. or sixteen thousand people in this arena, and these dudes are on stage, and I'm and I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, dude, I can't do that. I'm like, yeah. I can't do this. <laughs> I'm like, what am I doing? I can't no. do this. What? No, I completely understand because yeah. like my reality check came. Every fucking weekend. Yeah, you come at either to, Glenn's or at Andy's, yeah. and I'd just be like, dude, there's no fucking way I'm finding at least two other people that I can do this with. That's a big fucking party foul there, bud. I know, man. I can't I, ignore it. My girlfriend just knocked over a glass of wine on the coffee table. Rip. But anyways, <sighs> back to what we're here for. Yeah. So I'd get my reality check like every week, and I'd be like, dude, there's no way I'm finding like two or three other people that can do this and want to do this and will do this with me so i just kind of held off on it and then i very graciously and beautifully met my good friend brandon and we started hanging out and playing guitar together all the time and we had very similar tastes at the time because that was about the time i graduated high school yeah that's how long i fucking waited and uh we'd hang out we'd play periphery songs and shit like that and uh then we got together with a bunch of people that Brandon knew from high school because we went to different high schools. 
and we like started the whole moon god thing which i've even talked to you about well i recorded some of your really early i remember you guys coming to me and i recorded some like really early really terrible demos i probably still yeah. have those like on my old yeah. computer or something. <laughs> but yeah uh all of that happened and then uh you know like i'd started uh like going across the state and stuff like that like going to birmingham all the time huntsville mm-hmm. florence decatur like wherever there was a show i was there i yeah. tried at least and uh that's how i ended up meeting like seth and all of them mm-hmm. that were in echoes i mean like they played andy's all the time too yeah oh yeah we used to play with echoes all the time back in the day like yeah okay so you're starting to travel a bit now you're getting into like the birmingham scene probably and like were you getting into like the huntsville decatur scene at all or anything oh, dude, like that fuck yeah. okay so fuck yeah two five six until the day i die hell yeah <laughs> so tell me now about your first it, it, because i think i remember this i think i'm kind of the one that was like encouraging you to like do this if i'm not mistaken was the echo stuff like your first show yeah okay so kind of run that down for me like how that all happened like how you actually got in echoes and because i don't really particularly remember what i was like pushing you to do but i remember you coming to me and being like dude i don't play bass i've never played bass i've never even owned a bass like but they need a bass player and like you'd become friends with them and stuff so yeah kind of run that whole thing down for me like you like all the way up to like your first show like <clears throat> okay it all started with uh i was starting to get tight with like blake stewart and nick chance and like the birmingham scene and yeah. stuff like that which you know coincidentally even though i did say you know like 256 hardcore and hardcore until the day i die but like the 205 scene and the 256 scene which is the birmingham and the huntsville scenes yeah. they've but always been interlocked they're real co- okay i have an interjection here that's not really the case so <laughs> there because again i'm old yeah so there used to be hella beef <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> there used to be a hell of beef between like the two hundred five and the two five six scenes. Which, <clears throat> if you're not from around here and 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 you're not, <laughs> he's just like, dude, what the fuck, man? Like Jesse knows, he remembers because we're old. And, but there was some beef. Like there really was some beef. Like again, I'm not really going to get into specifics, but like there used to be some guys from Birmingham that like to come up here to our shows and like they they just like to start shit. It wasn't anything yeah. serious. They would just get in fights and like you know get the cops called and shit or whatever like they, they were just always trying to like start some shit up here right like yeah. you know that they would just like like a accost gads and bands when they were playing you know just you suck fuck you stuff like that you know and then yeah. when they try to fight them in the parking lot or something and the cops would get called and uh, so like, they just tried to start some shit it wasn't anything like super serious it was just a bunch of like testosteroned up 17 18 year old dudes like yeah. you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. Uh, it wasn't anything super serious but like there, there was some beef though back in the yeah. day but anyway like well <laughs> yeah but by the time you came around like yeah. that shit had all been kind of squashed like everybody yeah. was real cool like because i remember when we had started booking shows there were so many cool birmingham bands man and we were just like dude we got to get these guys down here and shit like that and there's a lot of cool people from that scene too so it yep. yeah but yeah and uh like every single time i would go to a show i would see blaze <clears throat> and me and blaze would talk and we'd hang out and stuff and eventually he would be like dude start a band because Blaze always been in bands. Like he yeah. started his first one when he was like fifteen or something. Yeah, I didn't because I didn't like you know like our area is like not that huge really. So finding people was always a challenge. But Blaze would always be like, "Dude, 
you've talked to me about your musical ideas and visions and shit do it do it he always pushed me and then uh like finally like i kind of had like the opportunity because i'd always try to find people but it always it always fall through yeah because i remember you coming to me and asking me like hey man echoes like wants me to play with them and i was like they have like three guitar players what do they want another one for right and you're like no like they want me to play bass with them and i was like do it yeah i know you don't play bass i know that you don't have any bass gear i was like you know i was kind of like running i I just started doing like my own little home studio shit and i had bought a bunch of bass equipment and stuff for it and i was like dude i got some bass gear you can borrow like just buy a bass yeah and like i'll let you borrow like some gear some other gear i have like just do it yeah just even if you hate it even if you like decide you don't want to do it a month or two months from now like get some gigs under your belt just actually get on stage and get some gigs under your belt and like yeah yeah and that's what i did and it was great and uh yeah i i got like that conklin bass that we talked about like on the first episode it was like a mile long and it's a huge ass bass dude i i I got like three (laughs) so big dude I got like three shows under my belt. Echoes ended up kind of like dissolving for the most part. I mean, like we're not yeah. going to get into that, but yeah. you know, like I was no longer a part of the band. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I came back from it and I remember telling you like one night, like me and Brandon were like, we're going to do it. Like we're going to do the moon God thing. And, uh, we went for it. Like we did those demos with you. Um, uh, Brandon like programmed a bunch of drums for it. Brandon did like a bunch of stuff on with yeah. by himself, you know, because he was trying to, you know, like learn how to like run a studio and shit. And uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I love how my girlfriend and Jesse have just decided like we're going to clean this entire fucking house while they're in the middle of this podcast. Like yeah. <laughs> they're but, yeah. they're like spraying fucking Clorox cleaner all over shit. And everything. <laughs> just like forty dollars fucking bottle, dude. Like. <laughs> like they couldn't have done this any other time. Like, I know, like, so inconvenient. <laughs> but yeah, uh, like I mean, we're in the middle of the podcast, and my girlfriend is just like, "Yeet!" This bottle of wine on the floor. Like, there's like four inches in the room she didn't get. Like, you know. So. <laughs> oh shit. Anyway, but yeah, uh, yeah. like we came to you, you know, did like did those demos, but still we couldn't. Me and Brandon were really, really into periphery and like yeah. monuments and Tesseract and reflections and glass clouds. So, well, and also, like, this is when I was in the middle of doing beta, which was yeah. very like, I was really into like periphery and Tesseract and monuments. And, like, yeah, yeah, I mean, kind of the same vein there. So, like, yeah, you had a, you had a local source that was like also into that same kind of shit at the time. So, you were like, yeah. oh, shit, man. Like, yeah, because yeah. ironically enough, like, not only were me and Brandon becoming the very, very close friends that we are now. Me and you were also becoming yeah. the very, very close friends that we are now. And, uh, like, you pushed us to, you know, like, try to do the Moon God thing, but still we couldn't ever fucking find anybody. Yeah. And a lot of that also had to do with, like, the complexity and shit like that. And, like, me and Brandon, we also, well, like... You, you were still young. Yeah, and you were trying to write. You you were into music that was like way outside your caliber of skill. Very. Um, and you were trying to write 
that type of music. And so like, I, I understand because I had the same issue with Vader where it's like it got to the point to where I was like trying to write music that was outside my caliber of skill. Yeah. Uh, and I got really discouraged by it. But that's a whole other thing altogether. Yeah. But so I can relate to that. Like you're trying to you're into this type of music, but you just can't quite replicate it or execute it the way you hear it in your head because it's yeah. it's because it's a little bit beyond your capability so you're like yep you're like well shit is this even worth like continuing to pursue because i'm not yeah. gonna get there yeah yeah which like not anytime soon anyway like ironically enough just because of like me woodshedding and having been like fresh off of echoes like because i did actually learn how to yeah. play echo songs properly yeah eventually <laughs> before i left the band yeah <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, it wasn't so much that it was, like, outside my realm of capabilities at the time, but it was, like, Brandon's busy with college, like, I'm busy with work and college, Brandon's also busy with work, like, trying to link up and stuff like that, and it just kind of, like, dissolved. Yeah. And stuff like that, but, yeah. And then, uh... So, I didn't really know... Uh, this is something that I kind of wanted to address in a podcast, but I didn't really know, like, how to go about it. But mm-hmm. because me and you were kind of the founders of Witch Hunter, yeah, this is... I guess this is just as good of a place as any because it kind of brings us up to this point. Yeah, like, it does bring us up to Witch Hunter. How did Witch Hunter get started? How did we start Witch Hunter? Like, okay. <clears throat> so, this is a great story. Jesse's like, thumbs up, and he's like, yeah. Okay. So, I... I very vividly remember, like, me having a flashback, like, thinking about, like, mailing and the Sons of Disaster because I'd seen, like, the video to step up on YouTube and shit like that. Yeah. So, I got on my Spotify, like, when I first got Spotify Premium, and I just started listening to a bunch of Southern metalcore and hardcore and shit like that. And me and you were talking about it one day, and you were like, dude, the best metalcore band from the South is Norma Jean. So, you showed me Norma Jean. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And you were still, like, into, like, periphery and shit for the most part at this time, too. Well, I kind of remember around this time, like, so, I had some issues, um, excuse me, um, I had some issues, like, with Veda, um, it wasn't, it wasn't, like, interpersonal issues, because Seth was in Veda, so, I I was, I had stopped singing in Veda, because I was Mm -hmm. the lead singer in Veda, and, um, I had stopped singing in Veda because I had some health issues that had affected my voice really badly. Poorly, and I couldn't. I could not sing the songs anymore, and uh, I got really down about that. And like, I'll probably get into this a lot more in depth when. So, like, fun fact for uh, I guess for like people that are wondering. Eventually, I'm going to do one of these episodes on myself. I'm just going to have to have somebody else interview me. I'll I'll pick somebody and have them do this to me. (laughs) Say less. (laughs) So I'll get into this more. But like I said, so I had some health issues with Veda that got me real down. I couldn't sing. We brought Seth in. So we had one of our guitarists quit. So we brought Seth in uh, to be our vocalist, and I moved to guitar. And it just didn't quite, like, I got really depressed. Like, the, the, the health issues I was having and, like, losing my, I lost my voice for about a year. Couldn't sing at all. And it just really got me down. Like So I'd quit Veda altogether. Um, I was in another band at the time, too, that I had quit. Um, I was in McPherson Struts, and I had quit. So I quit Struts. I quit Veda, and I had I had joined FRT. I think by this time, yeah, the other band I'm in now. I had joined First Right Theft, 
but we weren't doing anything. And at the time, so I'm the lead singer in First Right there for people that don't know, but at the time we had a lead singer, it wasn't me. I was just playing guitar. They uh, they had brought me in to be the lead guitar player and not be a vocalist. So I was like, sure, fine. But we weren't doing anything. Um, we're mainly, we have some originals now, but we're mainly a cover band. And so we were just kind of mm-hmm. learning covers. And I was like, this is something kind of, different and like easy for me to do and i and it was i didn't have the involvement in it like veda and struts required yep right like because struts was a touring gigging band all the time right like so i i didn't have the like the commitment to frt like i did veda or struts so you had been kind of like i say all that to say this you had been kind of like hounding me and i'd also had a um i'd also had a long-term relationship at the time that had completely fallen apart. So I was yep. like, I hadn't been, I hadn't been single in like nine or 10 years or something like that. Right. So yep. I'm like single for the first time in my entire life, just about right. Yeah. No bands really like this one band yep. I've been in for like a month or two that I'm just like learning some cover songs, not really doing anything with. Right. And so you, I guess you kind of finally like you, you kind of finally like saw your opportunity. You were like, yeah, I'm going to hound the absolute dog shit out of Devin about starting a band with me. And it, it seemed like every time yeah. we talk, you were just like, dude, start a band with me. Dude, start a band with yeah, me. Dude, yeah. start a band with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. And, and I like, was just like, dude, I want to. Uh, I was like, I can't sing anymore. Like. My girlfriend dumped me. Like, I hate everything. I want to die. Just let me crawl inside this fucking bottle and disappear. And you were like, no, start a band with me. Start a band with me. So I kind of have to, like, thank you for that. Because I was, dude, my whole life at that time was just super, like, I didn't give a fuck about anything. It was Bauer just like fist bump. I'm getting real right now. And that's the other thing about this podcast. It's like, you know, it can be real funny, but, like, this is our lives, man. And, like, this shit can be real, you know? And I I was just, like, in a super dark, fucked up place. And, like, you were just constantly there and, like, dude, start a band with me. Dude, start a band with me. And eventually I was just, like, why? I mean, why not? Like, what the? What else am I doing? Like, yeah. nothing. Not shit. I don't have anything yeah. else going on in my yeah. life. Like, which my, is yeah, very ironically, like, <laughs> perfectly, like, about the time I moved in with you. Yeah, and stuff. So, I mean, like, it was just perfect. It all just kind of fell in line. But like, even like before that, like when you were still like doing Vader and shit, like when you first introduced me to Norma Jean, like. I was just listening to Norma Jean constantly, fucking constantly, and like Evergreen Terrace, and like you got me into Zayo and Converge and The Chariot and shit like that. So like, I just kind of that was like my second musical awakening. Yeah, I, I got I'd gotten tired of the fucking technical gent and prog shit. Like, there, I'm still really into that kind of stuff, but it gets to a point to where you have to be honest with yourself, and you're like. I know where the cap on my abilities are. And I'm, yeah. I don't say that to, like... I, I'm talking about myself just as much as I'm, like, putting that on anyone else. Like, it... You should always strive to be a better musician. You should always strive to get better and, like, be more proficient. But you also have to be realistic with yourself. You also exactly. have to know where your limitations are and being like, there's not a lot of reason for me at the moment to go down this path because I'm just, go- yeah. it's stuff that's beyond my scope of capability and there's just no reason for me to attempt this right now. Like, yeah. You know, I need to, this, if this is 10 steps 
down the road from where I want to be. I don't need to just jump the other nine steps and try to be here. I need to slow down and back up and just take it one step at a time. And maybe in a couple of years, I'll be back at this point where I'm like, now I'm ready to tackle this stuff and yep. try to learn how to do this. Yeah. Yep. Which a lot of kind of like what helped me like get into it was like simultaneously at the time I was discovering like all these old metal core and like math core bands and shit like that. Like, I like with me going to like every show I could, like seeing a bunch of hardcore bands and shit like that, like the camaraderie inside of like hardcore and yeah. shit like that, like it really like kind of just sucked me into it. So like I I just kind of gotten done with that whole like like you know like we used to never miss a periphery show yeah I couldn't give a fuck less if periphery ever comes back to Birmingham at the moment <laughs> yeah you're just like uh, it's I don't care to see him yeah yeah I get that it, it like that whole scene it, it just it started feeling like pretentious and up its own yeah. ass and I was just like no nah, this, this ain't me and then you know we fast forward like you know like back to what you were saying. So I, I remember the day I talked to you about it. To, to just like real quick, you know, I like how you talked about that kind of like prog scene kind of being up its own ass a little bit. And like, you know, I had said earlier that like when I was in, when I was a younger man than I am now, I was, I was kind of up my own ass. Yeah. Like I come from a pretty musical background. I have some fairly proficient musical training and that caused me to kind of be up my own ass. And what led me into that whole prog scene was like, I felt like I had something to prove. I felt like I wanted to prove how good of a musician I was. Like I wanted people to see my band and go, damn, that dude's an awesome musician. Right. Like, so yeah. I, I, I kind of lost the point of like being an artist or being a musician because it, it, it started to, for me personally, I'm not saying everybody in this scene is like this. This is just me personally. I started to feel like I had lost sight of what, got me into music to begin with and I just wanted to prove to people how good I was. Exactly. I just wanted them to see me and be like, yep, that guy's better than me. That's all I cared about. And it, it what's funny was it took getting into that scene to humble me. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's so crazy. Like, that's what I needed because I got into that scene and there was at first a little bit of that like, fuck yeah, look how good I am, right? But then I started seeing other people that I had no business being in the same room with. You know what I mean? And yeah. being like, these people are so much better than me. It's not even funny. And they're so much more humble about it. And they're, they're not trying to prove anything to anyone. They yeah. are at, they're just that good. Yeah. And they're just, they're doing what they want to be doing. They're not doing what they're doing to try to prove anything. They're just, that's genuinely what they're into. Yep. It just happens to be really technical and showcase their skill set. But they're not doing it just for the sake of doing it. And I had kind of find, found myself doing it just for the sake of showing how good I was. Yeah. And I didn't like that. I didn't like, like what that had turned me into. And that's kind of what led me back to like where me and you started witch hunter was like yep. i want to start writing again to just be writing again yep i want to just write music that comes from like my like heart and like my mind like, i don't want to be i don't want to be trying to do anything with it specifically i don't want to 
be trying to make a point to anyone. I just want to write the music that I'm feeling. Yeah. 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 And like, I'll never forget it. Like, I think it's like probably the most stereotypical, like me and you interaction story ever. Like I hit you up and I was like, Hey man, had kind of a rough day at work. You now you've kind of been going through it. You want to like, you know, meet at Blackstone, you know, have a beer, maybe 10. So you met up with me at Blackstone and we were talking about it and stuff. And ironically, that's like where you asked me if I'd like be interested in moving in and shit like that too. And I was like, well, you know, maybe if you start a fucking band with me. <laughs> well, I rem- so for me, like, quote, officially when Witch Hunter started, I'm doing finger quotes. Um, me and you were going to RFS in Savannah, Georgia. Yeah. And so it's like a five-hour drive to Savannah, Georgia, and we got a hotel room. I think we got a hotel room, right? And, like, came back the next day or something, like... Yeah, something like that. No, no, we got a hotel room in the middle of the fucking night on the way back. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because it was just late as fuck, yeah. Um, yeah, and I tried to steal that cat. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> but um, I just remember, like, me and you going there, because then this was, like, right after I had just gotten out of this super long relationship, and, like, yep. every, my whole life was just, like, in shambles, and... I, we had bought tickets to this thing and you were like dude fuck it we're still going we're still going and i'm like okay fine i'm still going like you're gonna force me to have fun okay and uh well i really wanted to see zayo too yeah, i did too uh and the whole way down there it was just like it, it kind of took me back to like being a a teenager yeah and like good like kind of the same thing that like you were talking about earlier it took me back to like driving to a show with my friends just like shooting the shit like talking about starting a band like fantasizing about starting a band dreaming about being uh on the stage at glenn's hot dog shack playing a show you know it's like that's all we ever wanted it what we weren't trying to get at like some fucking arena or we weren't trying to be rock stars we we're just like dude if we could just play a fucking show at like so for me back in my day like when i was real young coming in it, there was this place called the old santos and it was just like dude if we could just play a show at the old santos like <laughs> i do like like fuck madison square garden or like anything like that all right we were just like if we could just play a show with the fucking santos dude d- d- done done don't need to do anything yeah. else that's it could play one show there die happy and like me and you going to rfs and just like shooting the shit and talking about bands and talking about playing guitar and like talking about shows that kind of feeling came back to me where i was yeah. just like dude i just want to start a fucking band and like play a hardcore show in a fucking basement like with one light bulb hanging from the ceiling on a string and like like 20 kids in like camo shorts just beating the shit out of each other it was like that's all i want like yep. i just want to play a show in the middle of a field with extension cords for power and a shipping pallet for the drum riser like <laughs> the whoa, jacob story whoa, whoa. we're not going that far <laughs> but that's where it took me yeah. back to though it's just like yeah and that kind of like spark got reinvigorated in me like when we were doing that like going to that show and stuff and like and then just seeing all those people dude like seeing the holy gold dudes and like 
uh, seeing the Zayo dudes, like, because there was all these bands, like, yeah, and and the fit for an autopsy guys, yeah, too. oh yeah, dude, like talking to Pat and them was super cool, like, so seeing these dudes from bands that were like old, mm-hmm. you know, like me, <laughs> it kind of took me back to that, like, it kind of like I was like, dude, these guys are still doing it, yeah. because I had kind of given up, I was kind of like done, you know, and I was like, these guys are still doing it, man, like. And so that kind of got me back into it, man. And I was like, all right, fine. You fucking win. We'll start a band. Like, Yep. And then we immediately like wrote three, villain, yeah. one, and four. Yeah. And I just remember, and we'll get to this. I guess this is a good place to kind of wrap it up here. Um, we'll get to this. The, nec- the next uh, one-on-one I do is going to be with Ballard because this is where I want to end it is. I remember... So I hadn't, I probably hadn't talked to to Ballard in like a year, year and a half or something like that, right? Because Veda was still doing their thing. Veda was still yeah. a band and shit and everything. And after I left, like, and so me and you are starting Witch Hunter, and I just remember like we're looking for people, and we've been kind of posting stuff online, I guess, or whatever. Like, yeah, I said I hadn't talked to Ballard in a while. Like, just you know, nothing personal, just like you know, life, dude. Like he had, yeah. you know, moved and like, uh, you know, whatever, like doing his life and I'm doing my life and everything and I just get a fucking Facebook message one day from Ballard out of nowhere and it's like dude I'll be in your fucking band that's all it said (laughs) it said dude I'll be in your fucking band I was just like okay (laughs) and so that's how Witch Hunter got started (laughs) but um yeah this has been a one on one with samples um it's cool man it's cool to get into that backstory and shit and uh I said, next time we'll get into the one-on-one with Ballard, and yeah. uh, eventually we're going to do one-on-ones with everybody in the band. So we'll we'll get Jacob and Seth in here too, and do one-on-ones with them. But uh, yeah, this has been B sides and broken records. Um, if you like this kind of stuff, uh, you know, hit the subscribe button, leave us a review, share the page, all that stuff. We're on uh, we're on Spotify, Google Podcast anchor like we're on a bunch of different stuff for some fucking reason we're still not on apple yet and i have no idea why because apple fucking sucks but uh i don't know, i don't know why we're not on there yet like i applied for it like i put in for it like we should be on there but we're not yet so yep. eventually we're gonna be on apple they can't stop me um yeah but yeah uh this has been beat size and broken records and uh we'll be back so, next week uh, are we gonna do like a bro hug now a bro hug yeah since i saved your life Bro, don't don't make it weird. <laughs>